0: Today, shut up and sit down. It's our weekly breakfast with Ben's Hockey podcast. Tim Benz and Brian Metzer with you here on Trib Live on the Fans First Network. Metz is, of course, the intermission post game host on the Penguins Radio Network, as well as the host of Penn's Live Weekly on 1059 The X, Saturday mornings with Paul Steigerwald. Glad that you're with us as we roll on through another week of Penguins hockey after the Penguins had an adjusted game time on Monday on Martin Luther King Day to play a one o'clock start against the Seattle Kraken. And maybe that helped because the Kraken never got going. The Penguins end up with a shutout victory. I guess at least one team in
1: Pittsburgh needed to win on Monday, Mets. <laughs> I'm, I just want to tell you, Tim, before we get going here today, if you ask me anything that makes me uncomfortable and or agitates me, I'm just going to hang up.
0: Just going to walk right off the podium, huh?
1: Yes. So we'll, we'll start there. But yeah, Penguins, huge win against Seattle. I was impressed with how they played them. I know they were missing Matty Beneers, and I think Berakovsky was unavailable to them. But that being said, I, that's still a very good hockey team that has been playing lights out. Their goaltender, Joey Decord, who was an expansion draft get, has finally kind of developed into a great goaltender for them. And he's been red hot. And The Penguins took care of business, led, of course, by none other than Sidney Crosby.
0: Come to think of it, has Mike Sullivan
1: ever pulled the walk-off move? I can't recall ever happening with any recent Penguins coach in a while. It seems like that kind of thing is reserved for people like John Tortorella in the NHL.
0: I think Tomlin just remembered all the hype that Mike Terrien had gotten earlier in the week for the 18th <laughs> anniversary of the soft
1: speech and wanted to <laughs> one-up him. Uh, the only person who looked soft in that situation was the coach. <laughs> <laughs> well... I kind of think the defensive backs did during the course of the game yeah. as well
0: trying to tackle Josh Allen. They I think soft is a good word to describe them too.
1: Yeah, you're right, Tim. Uh, that was just a shame because, you know, you're within what, 7 points in the fourth quarter and You can't make a tackle. And, uh, you know, in in Tomlin's defense there, I think that those questions will, of course, be answered in his weekly press conference. So I don't want to beat him up too much. No, no,
0: they'll be dodged. They'll be dodged in his weekly press conference. Yes,
1: he will dodge them uh, vehemently. However, it's going to be tougher to dodge whenever it comes out as, what, the first question of the day with 27 follow-ups would be my guess. And then they'll finally say, any more, Bert will be there. Any more questions for coach that don't involve his contract? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so actually, Mets,
0: you know, like there there is a little bit of a penguins tie-in here insofar as it's their city now, you know? I mean, until the pirates start spring training, then frankly it still should be. But yeah, it's their city for the time being, sports wise. So what do you think happens from this point forward? They're at the halfway point now. They're trying to ramp up and get into the postseason and Are we going to see a very similar fate to what the Steelers just endured, which is scramble like crazy to get into the playoffs and lose in the first round, which has kind of been the place where the Penguins live,
1: if they get in at all of late? That's the million-dollar question, because they have been one of the best teams in the National Hockey League since the middle of December, Tim. In their last 16 games, 10-3-3, playing at a 7-19 click, and they still aren't in a playoff spot. So that tells you how how far out of the mix they were just heading up to that point. They dug such a deep hole that even playing so well for so long for a sustained stretch isn't enough. So I think you're you're right. It's going to be a big challenge for them to continue to first play at this pace because it's going to be needed. I think for the season we've we've established that they needed to probably play at like a 6 20 can't you know rate the rest of the way to maybe get to the 96 point threshold which is probably where you need to be for the playoff spot but to, to be going along at almost 20 games at a 720 719 click and still not be in a playoff spot you're in a pretty pretty tough spot you know speaking of it that way but the good thing for them tim is by doing all this they've pulled themselves within a lot of the teams in the eastern conference so they're just one point out of the wild card out of as of this moment four points behind Carolina for the third spot, five points behind the Flyers for the second spot, and just seven behind the Rangers now, which was unheard of with the way they started this season. They're also maintaining pace with teams like Toronto, uh, Tampa Bay, Detroit, the, and the Islanders and Devils who are right behind them for the wild card. So they're, they're right in a good spot now. If they can continue to play in this, re, in this range, they might be pretty good, but it's going to be a, a really tough road to toe going through January, February and there are a ton of divisional Eastern Conference games coming down the stretch for them. Uh, I think between March 19th and the end of the season at April 17th, there's only like three Western Conference teams, maybe two. Otherwise, it's all East, and it's going to be very a very big challenge for them.
0: If they were just better at not giving away points three-on-three three, and better at not giving away power plays five-on-four or five-on-three, Things would be a lot different. It just galls me that with all the alleged offensive talent that they have, they are so bad when it comes to specialty situations.
1: I agree. I mean, they the special teams have kind of looked a little bit better when you just look at the overall status of it. I mean, they've scored a couple more power play goals than they were doing early in the season. But even all that being said, just 18.5% over this pretty good stretch that they're playing, that's not good enough. They've started to allow some power play goals and that's bit them in the backside. They're killing off just 81.3 over this stretch. So if they can get the special teams where they need to be, I think they'll be in a pretty good spot. I We had an interesting chat on the weekend on the Penguins live weekly show, Tim with Pierre Maguire, he joined us and he said the old Scotty Bowman model is you'd kind of take the two percentages for your special teams and good teams tend to be, in in about the 105 range uh you know they're they're maybe even higher than that and that means that their special teams are doing what you pretty much want to see them doing and the penguins right now if you look at where they are they are 81.3 on their uh penalty kill and just a 18.5 and this is over their stretch they're at 99.8 so even with them playing well they're not even above 100 you pretty much want the special teams over 100, if not pushing 110, if you're a pretty good team in the league. And they're just not there right now.
0: Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Check him out during intermissions, post-game, as well as Penn's Live Weekly on Saturday. To the goaltending, Mets, let's get there, because Tristan Jari, I I think with that shutout of Seattle, he's tied for the league lead, right, in shutouts? Or has one been posted since...
1: No, I, I think he's right there. It's now um, him and Connor Ingram. both. That's what five. I was thinking of. So
0: they both have yep. five. Okay. Um, it's strange, isn't it? In so far as like, I, I feel like you almost get boomer bust games from the goalies. Overall, I mean, you look at the breadth of the numbers and overall, it looks like they've been consistent between the pipes, but there's also that game to game thing where you drill down deeper and see how they got to the numbers that they got to. And it's been a little bit more erratic.
1: I, I think for me, Tim, it's like if you look at the Penguins right now, which is something that kind of shocked us when we were checking this out right after the game yesterday. They're sixth
0: in the league in goals against. Yeah, average. their defensive numbers <laughs> are really good.
1: Yeah, and, and for that to be the case, you're thinking, okay, they're they're in a really good spot here. However, I think that even in games where you don't give up a ton of shots and and chances, they're still giving up those great A's. There's been some really tough things that that they've made their goaltenders failed them out of. I mean, it even in, you know if you give up six shots in a period, I think four of them have to still be pretty nice saves for the goaltending. And if the goalies don't have it on a given night, kind of like Alex Nedelkovic against the Vancouver Canucks, which I don't beat him up too much for how that went in the first period because there were, there were tips, there was the backdoor play, all those little things that make it very tough for a goaltender. But to Jari's credit, he came in in relief, gave them a chance to get a point, and of course was outstanding yesterday, even though... They uh, suppressed the shots of the the Seattle Kraken down to, what, 22 for the game, I believe. So, But he had to make some really, really stout saves still. So that's the thing that they need to clean up. Odd man rushes have been a problem throughout the season. I think there's been less of them over the span of play that we've seen uh, in this 16-game stretch. But as you heard Sullivan talk about just post-game, it may have been the Vancouver game. said, we gave up too many odd man rushes in this hockey game, and that was kind of a problem for them. So they've got to clean that up. One thing that was a little bit of a bright spot was yesterday, I think Eric Carlson had one of his better games in quite a while, not a single egregious turnover. I know he's still you know, in the midst of some, some situations where he gives up the puck, but it looked like his best game moving the puck out of his own zone without putting his goaltender in, in a lot of harm's way, breaking out. So if that can continue too, they'll be in pretty good shape with him playing that way because the top pair has been really good with Chris Letang and Marcus Pedersen.
0: Since we last spoke, the saber-rattling has started from Ben Hankinson, the agent for Jake Gensel. He spoke with Emily Kaplan from ESPN.com and said it's about to get really interesting when it comes to the Penguins and his client and contract negotiations. Where do you see it going? And the follow-up to that, Mets, is the fallout from all the contracts that they've signed are already coming home to roost. And when I say that, I don't even necessarily mean – the Crosby, Latang, Malkin core. In fact, you know, Crosby wasn't even a part of the most recent extensions, but extending Jari and Rust and Raquel, like the support guys around the decision to retain Latang and Malkin, they had to know that Gensel was going to be the guy that was going to be the potential sacrificial lamb. And now it's either let him go for a good return, or you could have gotten cap space by letting those other guys walk. And I think the last thing I just said is what they probably should have done.
1: Yeah, I I think the biggest thing would be Raquel or Rust, and I knew it wasn't going to be Brian Rust walking away because they just really like him and Sid likes him and everybody loves him in the organization. But Raquel was a $5 million get that you could probably have gotten a player younger than 30 for cheaper than that to contribute roughly what he's contributed so far. Now at the top of his game, yeah, he's a lot better, but that's money that is is hurting you. And you left a couple names out that weren't necessarily contract extensions Tim, but the one was trading for Riley Smith looks like a terrible move right now yep, just based yep. on what he's brought to the table. He's 32 and he's making 5 million through next year. That's going to hamstring them a bit. And then of course the uh, situation with Ryan Graves. I know he's bounced back in the last couple games and looked more like the player you thought you were acquiring, but he's set to make $4.5 million all the way through the 28-29 season. So that's a lot of money committed to him. You still have the big contracts with the big guys, and not to mention the 10000000 million got to pay Eric Carlson through 26-27. So it's, it's a really tough spot, and Jake Gensel really is in an area where I would assume, based on the kind of player he is, because he looks like he's getting better by the game now, just the, the way he scores, the way he he's able to play off the rush. He takes a, you know he gets beat down and jumps right up. He doesn't get hurt often. I know he's had his injuries, but for the most part, stays healthy. And he is going to be 30 years old. So, And I know you've talked a lot about this with Mark Madden, and he's talked about it on his show. Do you really feel comfortable finding a way to squeeze in another eight to nine million on your cap for a guy who is going to be over 30 years old? He is, though, the third, he's third in the league, Tim, in expected goals, 24.7. So he's right up there with Sam Reinhardt, who's leading the league, uh, with Austin Matthews, who's right up there uh, in the league leaders in goal scoring. It's, It's just crazy when you see this kind of stuff that Jake is always in the mix and he's leading the Penguins in scoring or tied with Sid for the most part. It's hard to let a guy like that go. I've looked at it as a spot that you maybe could get some really nice pieces for yourself you're probably going to end up getting, if you move him, a player, a prospect, and maybe a first-rounder, most likely a first-rounder, and maybe that makes you a viable contender with the player you add to your roster, but it's not going to be Jake Gensel, so it's a catch-22. How do you how do you make it work letting him go and selling it to your fan base? But they did it back in the 90s when you moved guys like Mark Recchi and John Cullen and ended up coming out winning Stanley Cups. I'm not saying that's going to be this, but it's going to be a tough pill for Pittsburgh to swallow if they let Jake Gensel go for nothing but futures and you see the team maybe miss the playoffs again and he goes on to have great success with another team. But it's going to be one of the most intriguing storylines down the stretch, Tim, because he's going to command a lot of money, but he's one of the Penguins' best players. And how do you how do you make that work without upsetting your apple cart?
0: Uh, they're Penguin fans. They'll eat it up so long as Sidon. Gino and Letang are here, especially with yeah,
1: him. You know what, Tim? We'll, we'll we'll see the Penguins return a player like Jasper Smith. Will be his name. No one will have heard of him, but they will be everyone will tell us how great Jasper is, and Jasper is going to you know <laughs> set the world on fire and be a future forty goal man. That's how it goes in this town.
0: Chris Beecham, you're saying <laughs> the future Ron Francis?
1: Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, R- Ross Lupuschuk was a uh, going to be a zarly Zilavsky, Paul Coffey type in terms of the offense too. <laughs> if you remember.
0: So what do they have with Vegas in Arizona before they go away for the rest of next week? Because they've got the Golden Knights coming up, and then it's the Coyotes, and then those games uh, lead them into a pretty long lull. They have the rest of the week after off when they play Arizona on Monday night. They get Vegas, of course, on Saturday on the road. Arizona on Monday, then they don't play again until Friday when. Florida, Montreal, and Winnipeg come for a three-game homestand on the 26th, 27th, and then February 6th.
1: Yeah, what a weird uh, schedule this is shaped up to be because the Penguins have their little de facto bye week mixed in, too, you yeah. know, like with, uh, with the All-Star break and everything else. So it's going to be weird to see if they utilize essentially a week's worth of practice two weeks in a row to make themselves better than they are right now. And it's going to be some nice tests for them because Vegas even though they're one of the best teams in the league, they have not played great lately. Just four wins since December 19th. That's a problem. And actually just five wins since December 15th. So it's a team that's kind of dipped a little bit, um, but they are a very talented hockey team. They can score. They have great goaltending. They're good defensively. So I I feel like that will be a good test for this Pittsburgh Penguins group. And I like uh, the fact of maybe Sidney Crosby going up against them and doing something impressive uh as he's done all season long because that will continue the hype train for the penguins captain that's been kind of a fun thing to watch in his year 36 uh season but then um arizona in their building is not the kind of team that you can take lightly either they have you know maybe not been quite where everyone expected them to be this year in terms of being good or bad but it's going to be a um i think a challenging matchup for them because they have all that young scoring talent. Their goaltender, uh, their goaltending has been pretty good. We just talked about one of them when we talked about the shutout leaders in the league. Now they have only won two games of their last seven, so that's uh that's something you should be able to take advantage of. But they are over five hundred now, Tim, and I think they're a pretty good team.
0: It's weird. They land on Tuesday, the twenty third. They won't get on a plane again until they play Minnesota. Mm-hmm. When they fly out to play them on the ninth of February,
1: so they're home. Like they don't have to get on a plane for two weeks, which is a very nice thing to have happen in the National Hockey League. But yeah, uh, to not have to fly for two weeks in the National Hockey League, Tim goes a long way. That's easier on your body. Uh, you can kind of rest up. You you know you do what you need to do. So that's just a, there's a lot of weird schedule parts this season.
0: Mets appreciate it. Uh, you can enjoy some downtime as things thin out a little bit yourself. But in the meanwhile, on saturday and monday we'll be listening on 105.9 the x intermissions post game and of course Penns live weekly with paul steigerwald thanks for not walking out
1: you kind of upset me a couple times but i just powered through unlike some people in this city
0: brian metzer pittsburgh penguins protect your dream home with american family insurance and you can weather any storm you'll also save up to 25 percent by bundling home auto and life american family insurance